Hello and welcome back to the Riley Breakfield Show. I am your host, Riley Breakfield, also known as Titties TM on Twitter. Please follow me. I need more followers. I need it. I need it. I need it. Oh man, I have watched way too much fucking football this weekend. And I don't know if that's a statement that's often been said, but I feel like that. It's it was so much. I just games all day Saturday. Stayed up till two in the morning, watching the end of the Baylor BYU game. It was just a lot. I was watching some NFL today. Gonna get into that here in a sec. You know, I don't really have too too big of a layout for today's show. Just gonna kind of cover all the games this weekend. Give out my thoughts on some stuff. Gonna do my Monday segment. Just my thoughts at the end of the show today. Just because I don't have a main focus for the show. Not a lot of news going on in the world. So it's kind of going to be probably a shorter show i mean i know they're not long but still a little bit shorter than usual one thing i did want to talk about though chicago has passed this new law it's called the safe t act um basically allowing for a lot of second degree crimes i believe second degree murder is one thing that they will not be charging um basically like a real life purge coming up here in january 2023 so that's kind of cool i mean we're moving in the right direction i know everybody thought trump was going to do that but Looks like under Biden, the country just continues to keep falling apart, and I love that for us. It's, hell yeah, go America, you know, 9-11 today. Shout out to everyone that, all the, what are they called? People that stepped up on that day, I guess. I can't think. First responders, holy fuck. Yeah, shout out to first responders. You know, never forget 9-11. Worst tragedy in American history. Other than that, I'm just going to be, probably get into it, talk about the games, you know. I think I'm going to start off the NFL here. Um, NFL's fucking boring. Yeah. Um, I've always been a college football fan. But when I watch the NFL, I've I've never really been too interested. And, you know, Sundays I'm usually watching a game here and there. But I was like, you know, having a podcast, wanting to be sports-based. I obviously still have thoughts about NFL stuff, thoughts about players, all that stuff. But I just watched it today, and I was just like, <laughs> it's boring, man. I just, the offense is so fucking lackluster the fact that there is only one team that scored 40 points today blows my mind blows my mind they've had all preseason long there was college teams in the week zero and week one that were putting up 40 points and they didn't have preseason games i just don't i don't get it the play calling is so bad i think there was only three teams that scored more than 30 it was the lions the eagles and the chiefs today that's fucking crazy to me that there's just there's just no there's nothing new I and I get the defenses are better I get that you have these guys that are better athletes at the highest level of football in the world I get that but still to only have one team scoring more than 40 points blows my mind and I'm not saying half the league has to score 40 points but everything was in the 20s there's no offense. The, I, the play calling is horrible, in my opinion. I was watching the Bengals-Steelers game, which that was, that was a fun game. It was crazy. A lot of crazy shit happened in that game. But I remember one of the first drives I saw, Zach Taylor calls a run on first and 10. They don't get anywhere. He calls a run again on second and 10, and they don't get anywhere. The analytics and all that shit show that you're better off passing on first down. The play calling is horrible. The Packers, another team today, they are obviously missing Devontae. 
But the fact that none of these new wide receivers could get open when this is the NFL, like, what the fuck? And the fact that the Vikings had an amazing day and Kevin O'Connell looked like he was calling great plays, but they only scored like 22 or 23 points? What the fuck? I just... It just blows my mind, the lack of ability to get guys open and to make smart play calls and just everything in general. It's just the game moves slower. The the play calling is shit to me. I just don't I don't see it and maybe maybe I'm just fucking maybe I'm the reco- the stupid one here. I just I don't know. I didn't enjoy it. I've never really have enjoyed the NFL. The NFL's always been boring to me. I'll probably watch a couple games here and there, but as far as wasting a whole Sunday, I'm not going to waste my time. I watched the Bengals Steelers game, which that was crazy. I was just like, how the hell? Like that same thing. It's third and eight. Overtime's not even over yet. It's not even over yet. You have Joe Burrow, who's arguably considered one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. The kid's amazing. Had a bad day. Some of it was his fault. Some of it wasn't. I mean, TJ Watt made a sick pick on that one. Joe had that terrible throw. That one got tipped. Like, shit happens. You know, it's the NFL. Defensive players are good, like I said. And Joe made mistakes as well. But you have Joe Burrow, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You have Jamar Chase, who some say it's him and Justin Jefferson for the best wide receiver in the league. And you decide to kick a field goal on third and eight after the last one got fucked up. But you're still going to do that again. Like, what? On third and eight. Third and eight. And there's still time left in overtime. The game's not even, there's like five fucking minutes left. What are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, Jamar Chase had a chance to get like three different touchdowns there at the end of the game. Give it to him again. The guy's unreal. The guy's top three probably, honestly. I mean, maybe it's Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson are ahead of him. Maybe. And you're just not going to try to throw him the ball? What? Like, I I just don't get the NFL, I guess. The coaches are always making these stupid decisions, and that was the biggest one for me. I just don't, I don't get it, man. And the, the Cowboys tonight were a fucking disaster. It shows that you don't fucking pay a running back a shit ton of money when he's a mediocre back at best. I mean, Zeke is good. I I do think Zeke's a good back, and he does produce a lot of a lot of good plays. He's he's good out of the backfield catching or running. I I I think he's a good back. You know, probably top ten maybe in the league. But you be smart with your money, and like I guess you know guys want to get paid. I get that, and we saw that this offseason with wide receivers. You know Tyree Kale, AJ Brown getting paid. I know there's somebody Devontae getting paid, but it shows that paying your guys matters. The Packers saw that today, but still, these guys that are in the NFL, they were all the best guys on their high school team. Everyone knows that, and they're all. Some of the best guys on their college team. Everyone knows that. And you get to the NFL, and not everyone's going to be the best of the best. But still, at some point, you have to step up and make plays. But then again, if you're having these shitty plays called, when your head coach is Mike McCarthy, who's known to be pretty fucking, pretty fucking stupid when it comes to play calling, I just don't, I just don't get it, man. And it's boring to me. And I'm sorry if you're if you're an NFL fan. I'll tell you right now probably don't listen to this show that often if you're wanting to hear NFL stuff because I just don't give a fuck about it. It's boring to me. The play calling is ass. There's just nothing there that ever excites me. The fact that the Chiefs are the only team 
who seem to understand how offense works and how to score points baffles me. I mean, yes, the Bills look good on Thursday night, and they should continue that. But if they don't, what, man? I just, it drives me nuts watching these guys make these play calls and just that they have no desire to, like, go out there and get it. The amount of third and outs, three and outs I saw were just, I was like, how, dude? How? It just, I don't even, I don't have a lot of words for it, man. And I also don't know how to fucking bet NFL games either. Three picks I gave out on the douchebag report on Friday, I'm pretty sure all missed. Yeah, they did. Just looking at it now, they all missed. But I had three other picks that I really liked. Those didn't fucking hit either. I hate betting the NFL. I've always hated betting the NFL because the NFL is so fucking wish-washy, and it's just you can never trust anything. You just really can't. The only thing I'm going to bet probably still is fucking I threw a couple parlays together on any time touchdowns. Put one dollar down, had a chance to win like twenty five k. So I was like, "Fuck, that could change my life. I could pay off my piece of shit truck that I have. Like, I could definitely use this." So that's the only thing I decided to do realistically. But it's I hate betting on the NFL. I never understand it. I just don't get how you have some of the best teams in the league. I mean, I get mistakes happen, but like, come on, man! It just just wasn't fun to watch. I just I just can't. I get so tired of it. It's boring. It's lackluster. And I like explosiveness. I love college football. I mean, anybody can beat anybody. I mean, the same goes in the NFL, but the play calling's ass, I think. And I just, there's just never anything that really draws me where I'm like, oh, this game's going to be awesome. It just never does. Never does. Man, I'm going to move on from it. I'm sorry if you're an NFL fan. And that's the only reason that's my podcast because you thought I was going to talk about it. But fuck you. I'm not. I'm sorry if I just said fuck you and hurt your feelings, but I really don't care. The NFL is boring. I'm going to stand by that point forever. It just does not get me hard at the end of the day. It doesn't. It's it's like a fat stripper. It just doesn't do anything for me. She's up there dancing, but I'm seeing the pole bend, and I just, I just, I don't like it, you know? I want to see somebody that can climb the pole. I don't want to see somebody that bends the pole. So figure it out, NFL. Figure it out, offensive coordinators or head coaches that are calling plays because you're play calling shit, and it drives me fucking nuts. So please the sake of us all, the sake of humanity, for the sake of third world countries, figure out how to call plays, figure out how to make sure your wide receivers get open, figure out how to block with your offensive line, figure it out. Figure out how to develop talent, too. Think about the Cowboys tonight. The fact that CeeDee Lamb is the only receiver on your team that you feel like you can throw the ball to, that's ridiculous. You're, at the, you're in the NFL. You should be able to develop talent. You should be able to develop guys that can get open. But no, no one does, it seems like. No one, no one does. It's everywhere in the league. It's abysmal. It's annoying. It's sad. It doesn't get me hard, like I said. I'm over it. I'm done talking about it. Move on to college football. Something that actually matters to me. It makes me feel good about myself. It was a fucking good weekend for college football, too. LSU, I know you don't care if you're not an LSU fan, but they dominated this weekend. We had a FCS opponent, local local team, dominated. So I was in, I was in good spirits end of the day on Saturday. That made me feel better. <clears throat> but like I said, stayed up all night. was watching, watching college football all day long. It was just a hell of a day. You know, the first game that I watched, that Bama-Texas game, what a ride. I, I definitely am so excited for Steve Sarkeesian. He is putting that program in the right direction. I, and Texas is back in quotation marks. I love the direction they're going. But then again, his play calling pissed me off at some point in the game. 
And I'm sure you know what point that is if you watch the game. It's when Quinn Evers went out. He totally had no faith in Hudson Card. You could see that from the first three and out, just running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. I don't, I don't believe. I like to run the ball. Like when I play NC, when I'll play NCAA football fourteen tomorrow night, I'm gonna pound the ball down somebody's throat because that's just what I like to do, right? I like to run the ball and I like to pass the ball, but I sometimes feel like people don't get that you have to have a good mix of both. And the analytics show that if you throw them first and ten, you pick up five yards or six yards or another first down. Like, and when Hudson Card came in, he just didn't. He he showed no faith in, in him at all and it kind of it kind of ruined the game for him and the thing that sucks is when I when I turn that game on I missed the first drive by Bama when I turned the game on and I watched I watched Quinn Ewers do that first drive holy fuck ladies and gentlemen that guy is a stud at quarterback he has an arm he's making the right reads I mean there was like three different chances where Texas could have a touchdown but the, the throws were there the wide receiver just kind of messed up, in my opinion. From what I saw, from what I saw, that's what that's how I felt. But as soon as Quinn Ayers went on that game, it all changed for Texas. I honestly think that if he stayed in that game, Texas wins by almost two to three touchdowns. He looked that good. He's he's that good of a player, in my opinion. I'm excited. It sucks. I think I saw today he's gonna be out four to six weeks. But once he's back, I mean, he's only a redshirt freshman. He can't leave for the draft till next year. So next year, I'd be looking out for Texas to be a national championship college football playoff contender because that kid is that good. He has an amazing arm. He makes the right reads. And, you know, a lot of people are saying that Texas got screwed in that game. The refs, yes and no. I mean, the holding call was shitty there at the end like that they missed. But, I mean, they got a lot of calls that way. Bama played really undisciplined. And I hate the fact that Alabama fans are, and all these people are going around saying Bryce Young has ice in his veins because he missed, he avoided a sack. You know how many motherfuckers I've seen avoid a sack? Bryce Young is not that good. And it was proven to you all on Saturday. You know why? Because when Alabama doesn't have receivers, their quarterbacks don't play good. You see the same shit happen to Tua in the NFL. You see the same shit happen to Mac Jones in the NFL. They're not, Bryce Young's going to be the next motherfucker that just does the same shit, man. He doesn't have good receivers, so he doesn't play good. Bama looks very beatable this year. They're very beatable this year, and I would be surprised if they don't somehow end up with two losses. I don't think they can make the playoff. I think they'll slip out because they look that beatable. They have no wide receiver depth, no one that can make the big plays. They don't have a Jamison Williams that can catch the ball and extend the play. They don't have a John Mechie. They don't have a Devontae Smith. They got Jermaine Burton, who was buried on, wasn't buried on out on Georgia's death chart, but he only he is he wasn't a star there either. Like he he was a star. I mean, I think he's a second in the team in yards. But he never made big plays. Like I just, I just don't get it, man. Why everyone thinks Bryce Young is amazing? I think he's gonna fail. But that's all I have to say about that game. It sucks. Texas lost. I was rooting for him. I just, I wanted them to win so badly, just for, just for Twitter to explode. But it just couldn't get done. South Carolina and Arkansas was another game I was watching. I, I think I had South Carolina at plus eight and a half. You know, I was really, I really thought Spencer Rattler and the boys were gonna really give it give a chance there to beat the Wu Pig Suey fat fucks up over there in Arkansas. But Arkansas looked okay. Everyone's saying they looked amazing, looked amazing, looked amazing. I mean you beat a you beat an okay South Carolina team. You beat a Cincinnati team last week that's still trying to build up to being a top tier program. Like they lost a lot. KJ Jefferson looks good, I think. I mean, I don't know. 
I think Arkansas is going the right direction. I think they'll be contenders. I think they moved in the top 10 this week, I believe, with a new AP poll. But it was a good game. I thought Arkansas played good. And, I mean, they're a team to watch out for. We'll just have to see what happens. That's all I can say about that. And then, oh, baby, my two favorite games of the week. I'm sure I'm sure if you know me, if you follow me on Twitter, if you listen to the past couple episodes, there's two programs that I hate. I hate. I don't. First off, let me get this out of the way. I hate these two programs more than any other programs in the country. Alabama, I hate Alabama, but it's more of like a, whatever, they're going to beat us, they're going to win. There's no real reason to hate Alabama, I think. I mean, what are you supposed to do? They're just a good program. If you beat them, it's awesome. If you lose, it's nothing new. You know, they're not somebody that bothers you or thinks that they're something that they're not. Well, Alabama fans do think that they're something they're not. They think that they're fucking, everyone hates them, but I don't really think anyone really hates them. They're just like, whatever, we're going to lose to them. That's just how it goes. But these two programs I hate more than anything in any other programs. Notre Dame, I've talked about because of the way that their fans were reacted after they got dumped and decided to be fucking a bunch of bitches. And Texas A&M, because they're kind of our rival in the SEC. They think they're hot shit, but they're really not. They're they're just fucking horrible garbage is what they are. I mean, I came down to the LSU-Texas A&M game last year, and I met their fans, and their fans thought that they their shit didn't stink, and then they were sadly embarrassed. You know, they were, they were like that girl that gets all that cum on her at the end of the gangbang, and she just looks kind of depressed in herself, that's who they are. So I was happy to see Marshall upset Notre Dame and App State beat Texas A&M. Texas A&M, the, the offense looks horrible. Jimbo Fisher runs an outdated offense. In the time of possession, I'm pretty sure App State had that ball for over two-thirds of the game. They just pounded away and pounded away and pounded away and pounded away and pounded away, kind of like a gangbang. They were gangbanging Texas A&M the whole game. They just methodically beat the shit out of them. It was awesome to see. I mean, that's what's going to happen when you have a young defense like the Aggies do. You know, they lost so many guys. They brought all these new guys. These guys are supposed to be awesome. Yada, yada, yada. It just didn't work out. It hasn't worked out. Jimbo's running an outdated offense. I mean, he hasn't really seen a whole lot of success since he had James Winston as a starting quarterback. Everyone knows that. And it's just like, Haynes King's not the answer for one. He sucks. And I don't think that the five-star that they have on their bench is the answer either. I don't think Max Johnson is the answer either. It's Jimbo Fisher. I think he's just not what he used to be, man. Sometimes, you know, I kind of have this with Coach O. Sometimes you win a national championship and you're done. You kind of give up. And that's okay. Not everyone's Nick Saban. Not everyone's going to go out there and want to win and win and win and win. Some people are okay with just getting that one. And that's okay. And that should be okay. I think Jimbo needs to realize that that might be him. I think that maybe it's time for him to just hang it up. Get it. Be done, dude. You're just, you're not who you used to be at Florida State. And that's been evident, you know? So, I think it's time for Jimbo to hang it up. I mean, he has the same record that Kevin Sumlin does since they were at Texas A&M in the same amount of time. So, it's just time for Jimbo to go. And, oh, my God, Marshall, dude. The Belt Conference had a hell of a weekend, you know. App State beating Texas A&M, Georgia Southern beating Nebraska, which I'll get to that one late, later, so don't worry, people. And Marshall beat Notre Dame. And I I didn't watch the whole game. I caught the end of it right when Notre Dame threw the last two interceptions, the one by Tyler Buckner, or the, like, I don't know what he was thinking. That curl route wasn't there whatsoever. And the one by Drew Pine, I believe is his name. He threw it, he tried to throw it to Michael Mayer, but he fucking hit the linebacker right in the hands. Like, you do not see the linebacker there, buddy. 
But it's just, I mean, I feel bad for Notre Dame fans. They thought that uh, Brian Kelly was the reason why they weren't winning games. But no, it's just because your program sucks. It's evident. Everyone can see it now. Marcus Freeman's 0-3. Now, I'm since he's been the head coach, I'm wondering how long it is until they decide to fire him and get rid of him. So, they look bad, man. They No second-half adjustments again from Marcus Freeman. The offense is not good. The defense has looked okay, I guess, but I just, I don't know. I just don't see it with Notre Dame. The program is not, it's not good right now. They're going down, you know, and that's to be expected with the first-year head coach. Sometimes you can't just pick up the pieces, but, hey, the most important thing is, at one point, Notre Dame had the number one-ranked recruiting class in July, so they got that to hang their hats on, you know, good for them. Fucking weirdos. Tennessee Pitt was quite the game, man. Went to OT. Tennessee's offense is really good per usual. Pitt, I was all, I was so happy to see that they hung around and competed in that game. It was it's what I needed, but I'm pretty sure the over missed, if I'm not mistaken, which I was pissed about because I gave that one out. And I was just, I think I went three and five in college this weekend, so that's that's all that matters. So that's why I'm sticking to college football. I'm, I've been sixty percent for the most part lately. I feel good about that. You know, that's that's all that matters to me. Oh, that was my favorite bet. I bet the over in the LSU Southern game. It was at fifty five before the game started. By halftime, it was forty four to nothing. So. I was pretty excited about that, but there for a minute I thought it wasn't going to hit because LSU scored a bunch of points, and then it all got shot to shit, but whatever. Anyways, back to Tennessee Pitt. Um, I, what cost Pitt the game there in overtime is I don't know. I don't I understand that you like to stick to how your offenses ran, and there's a certain way you want it to run. But when your quarterback has one leg, as did Pitt's backup quarterback. I don't. I must, I miss what happened to Slovis. I'm not sure there, but when your backup quarterback is in the game and he only has one leg, and you see in him visibly hobbling on the field, when it's the most important play of the game, you call a play action. Come on, it goes back to fucking play calling. What are you thinking? You cannot call a play action pass when your quarterback has one leg. You can call a play action pass if you're in shotgun. But when you're under center and he has to hobble back and try to avoid getting sacked, yeah, fucking yeah, good. That's like I don't, I don't have, I don't have an analogy for that one yet, but I'll come up with it. It's just I just couldn't believe it. I sat there and I was like, how fucking stupid are you to call a play action pass when your quarterback has one leg and it's in overtime? Those important play of the game, hands down. It's just, but it was quite the game. I was excited to watch it. It was my favorite game going into the weekend. It didn't disappoint. Pitt looked really good. I hope Slovis is okay. I'll have to see what's wrong with him. I forgot to look that up, but excited about Pitt, excited about Tennessee, another big win for them. You know, they're moving in the right direction. That's all I can say about them. Kentucky, Florida. Man, the second half was kind of boring. There was just no offense. And, you know, I Florida got way too highly ranked after beating Utah. I mean, they got lucky, I think. You know, they won that game. It was the first game of the season, the first game jitters, going down to the swamp, yada, yada, yada. Florida got lucky they won, but I don't think Florida is the top 15 team in the country. I really don't. I don't know why they were ranked 12. I mean, Kentucky showed that. Kentucky just beat them up down the, down the stretch, you know. And, oh, man, if you saw that Anthony Richardson throw to the wide receiver that he thought was going to sit there on that hitch route, oh, it was bad, dude. But I was happy to see Kentucky win. Mark Soups is building something at Kentucky. 
I cannot wait to see a Kentucky-Tennessee game because I think that's battle for the second second spot in the SEC East, which is which is looking better than people thought it was going to be, you know, so that's good. And then the best game of the night, the one that made me stay up all night long, Baylor-BYU. I've said this before. Baylor is a legit candidate to make the college football playoff. Just be a top-10 team in double overtime. It took a while. You know, their kicker's probably – not getting into the celestial kingdom. If you're not familiar with that, the Mormon religion has tears to it. The celestial's the highest. I don't think this fucking kid's getting into the bottom one. BYU fans are gonna fucking kill him. You know, it was bad. Like he missed two kicks. Easily could have ended the game, but he just just couldn't get it done. <clears throat> Neither I mean it was just a really good game. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. BYU, they're they're going in the right direction. I love their quarterback, Jaron Hall. The best part about this game. BYU's produced a lot of really good quarterbacks. They went on to get drafted and play in the NFL. Yada, yada, yada. Very good in college level. All that shit. They're showing a graphic of all these guys. You know, Jim McMahon, Steve Young, Ty Detmer, Zach Wilson. And then they show one of Jaron Hall. Like, all he's accomplished at BYU. You know the biggest accomplishment this young man has? First black quarterback at BYU, dude. I could not believe that ESPN put that on the graphic i was like jesus fucking christ really like that's one of his biggest accomplishments okay whatever good for him i guess it was a good game i'm happy they have another big test against oregon going to oregon next week so that'll be that'll be fun for them and i'm i'm excited for that one but uh that's all i want to talk about there so now for my just my thoughts segment which, if you're not familiar, I'll do this every Monday. Just my thoughts about things, just kind of where I, how I feel about a certain situation. And it can be sports-related. It can be political. It can be entertainment. It can be whatever. I don't want to limit myself. That's one thing I don't want to do with this show. Like I said before in the past, I love college football. I love football in general. I love bas- I love college basketball. I love basketball. I, lo- I love sports. So a lot of stuff of what I'm talking about is sports. But I do want to try to mix in like what's going on in the world, shit like that. This week, I'm, I'm going sports-related for this segment. And it's about Scott Frost getting fired from Nebraska, which everyone knew was coming. I mean, you lose Georgia Southern at home. You're one and two. Things aren't looking up. Scott Frost just isn't the guy. Just isn't the guy. But this has more to do about Nebraska than it does about Scott Frost. Nebraska's just not who they used to be. They're just not. I've heard Will Compton speak about this before. You know, if you're not familiar with him, one of the – what most well-known Nebraska um, alumni has his own podcast with some of the boys, and he said that you know moving from the Big Twelve to the Big Ten hurt Nebraska, and it has. Because I've seen a lot of names floating around, you know, there's a, about who should be the next head coach and who who Nebraska's looking at. I just I have a hard time believing that anyone's willing to take this job. One of the names floating out there, Matt Campbell. He's at Iowa State. He hasn't had a losing record since he's been there. He's 44-34. and 34. He's built a pretty good program for himself. He just beat, beat in-state rival Iowa this weekend in Iowa. So why would he leave? Why would he leave Iowa State, which is one of the better programs in the Big 12? He's been recruiting well. He's put together good teams. He was in a Big 12 title game two years ago. And he has that program going in the right direction. To go to a Nebraska program 
who's been in the bottom of the Big Ten for years now, to have to go against Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, who's a good program, Purdue. When you can stay in the Big 12 where Oklahoma and Texas are leaving, two of the better programs in the well-known history of the Big 12, when you can send yourself to almost possibly be <clears throat> at least a top five program in the conference, which they probably already are at this moment, why would you leave to go rebuild something when you don't have in-state recruits that recruit themselves like an LSU or an Ohio State? Yeah, Nebraska fans are loyal and faithful, and I love that about Nebraska. But if you can't recruit in Nebraska, how are you going to win? Where are you going to get these recruits? Another name that's been floating around, Lance Leipold, head coach at Kansas. He's 2-0. Just had a big win against West Virginia. Same part of the country, but the same argument goes for him. He's building up Kansas. Stay in the Big 12. Why would you want to go to the Big 10 when you have to start over again? When you're just getting started at Kansas and you're 2-0, and you have a chance to have a really good program this year. You have a chance to make a bowl game, something that hasn't happened in years at Kansas. You're going in the right direction. Why leave to start over? Lance Leipold isn't young either. Or he might be. I'm not sure how old he is, but why would you do that? That's a, that's a lateral move. Why? At Nebraska, where the competition's better in the Big Ten, the Big Ten's regarded as the second-best conference in college football. Mark Stoops' name's been tossed out there. Just had a big win against Ken Florida. Sorry, he coaches at Kentucky. Same fucking thing goes for him. He's building a Kentucky program. He's been able to get all the guys from Ohio. How's that? Are you sure that's going to transfer over at Nebraska? I don't think so. Who wants to go play at Nebraska, man? <clears throat> Jeff Brom, another name that's been floating around. He's at Purdue. He's a Louisville alum. There's talk that Scott Satterfield's going to get fired. Okay, it doesn't happen this year. Why would you leave Purdue to go to Nebraska? Why, If Scott Harvard doesn't get fired this year, just wait till next year when he does. Then you can go be the head coach of your alma mater. There's nothing more than what a coach wants is to be the head coach of their alma mater. That's a known fact. Most coaches want that. There's a reason you went to that school. You want to go back. You want to try to win a national championship for your school. Everyone knows that. I hate to say it for Nebraska fans because they're loyal and they're faithful and they want to, they want success. And I know they're not going to be mad at Scott Frost. He tried. Scott Frost really tried. Nebraska's dead. The Nebraska of the 90s and the early 2000s and even there in 2009, 2010 where they were really good and were in the Big 12 championship and shit, they're done. I don't think any man can bring Nebraska back, even in the NIL area. The Big Ten's too good of a conference. The Big 12, they don't even recruit. The only college that they play in that's close to them is Iowa. That's realistically really, 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 really close. Nebraska's not who they were. Nebraska may never be who they were. I don't think anyone can turn the program around. The time's up. It's over. It's sad. It sucks. I hate to be a real Nebraska fan. But it's just done. I don't think anyone can bring you guys back from whatever the fuck happened. He shouldn't have fired Bo Pelini. He shouldn't have moved to the Big 12. 
I'm sorry, Nebraska, but you might as well just go out into a field and hang out with the corn because your days as a college football powerhouse are, are long behind you. And don't get me wrong, I think there could be somebody who could turn the program into a respectable program, but you're never going to compete at a national championship level ever again. You're just not. Scott Frost at one point was a good coach. Maybe he was the problem. But at the same time, you have to have talent. You have to have guys that are better than everybody else. And I don't think Nebraska's had that for a long time. I don't know if they ever will. Being in the middle of bumfuck nowhere when all of your competitions surrounding the Great Lakes and out on the East Coast and your recruiting beds in the middle of the country. Kids like to stay close to home usually. So mom and dad come and watch them because a lot of times not everyone's parents are rich and can just go wherever. Where you are matters. What conference you're in matters. They never should have went to the Big Ten. It's over. I'm sorry. Better luck in the next life, I guess. I don't know. But Nebraska is dead, and they're never coming back. That's today's show. I appreciate you sticking around, listening to what I have to say. I love you all. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, send to your mothers, your grandparents, your fathers, whatever you got to do. Send it to a sad Nebraska fan. Send it to a sad Cowboys fan. And just let them know that I love them, and I fucking hate them at the same time because I hate everything. That's not true. I'm just trying to be a piece of shit dick right here. But I love you. Everybody have a blessed, blessed week. I hope you had a great weekend. But for now, your boy Titties is out, and I'll see you on the flip side of the coin.